yourself. Now, it does not want to Is that the issue? Yeah, because it... Okay, now the dare can I drop off? Yeah, 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 you can drop off. <laughs> Alright, you on there, son? Yeah, I'm on here. Okay. Alright, let me do this real quick. All right, all right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is down here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer, and I bring to you greetings, greetings from on high. I am so grateful to God for what he is doing. This is the second part of our Bible study. We decided to do it a little bit different today. Uh, we broke it up. We wanted to listen to the word. We got to the first half. Uh, the first 18 chapters, I believe, and we're going to continue on. So we will we'll post that as well. But we wanted to get on here and just go through the actual materials. All right, so we're about to get started. Heavenly Father, we just thank and praise you for another opportunity to come before your throne and to come in the presence of your people. Father, God, thank you for how you are in, in us. We thank you for your love, your majesty, and we do not take for granted that you have called us in such a time as this, that you are allowing us to experience you in this way and that you are building the foundation of our knowledge as we continue to pursue your will and build uh, in our communities and in our lives. And Father, we just thank you. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm excited about what you are doing and we honor you tonight. We just ask that you will deliver a word to us tonight. <laughs> Help us to receive and, and, and to just learn what you desire for us to learn. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. I wanted to play this real quick, but I don't know how it's going to work. Let me see. Hold on. Amen. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see what's going to happen. Oh, man. That's wrong. That's the wrong thing. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, see, see, this is the thing. I should have tried this before I, 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 I but I want y'all to hear something. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I can see it by head. 
when God used y'all to minister this word, what are y'all gonna get up there with the big boom box and play this song? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, she loved that song. What I tell you, they something else. Job and his friends, they are something else. And and you know, it's something to say about friends who who are honest with you and who, you know, keep you on track. But my goodness, you gonna kick me while I'm down? <laughs> you know? What caught me was when he was like, I'm a friend that if you were going through this, I would comfort you. Right. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of friend are you? But I wanna go through the materials and just share a little bit about uh, the story so that when you go back and listen to the second half, you'll have some key uh, 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 summary ideals that you can focus on. And for some reason, my little brain is is slowing down for the night. <laughs> so let's see how far we can get. All right, so, so this is what I wanted to say you know that we're going through the chronological review. And so we're we're reviewing it in order or sequence in which it happened. But if you think about it right now, what's occurring with us right here in, in this part of the United States in Mason, Ohio, is gonna be different than what's occurring to somebody in, in Georgia, right? So you can only tell the story of what's happening with one at one time and what's happening with another at another time even though those events happen at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the book of Job was, was, is further down in the chapters, of, I mean, in the uh, books of the Bible, if you look at the, the Bible sequence, but it actually occurred sometime around Genesis uh, between one through 11. So around the time that Abraham uh, was in existence, and, and we're gonna talk about Abraham, I think, in our next uh, chapter, our next uh, review. But anyway, so so he was he was a part of that era, okay? So he lived in the time of the patriarchs who was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And just to go over just a little bit of a review, right? So far we've learned about what? The creation? Oh yeah, the fall. And the fall. The flood. The flood, and who else? Who was and, um, it? Noah. 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 So we learned about the creation, the fall, Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, yep. Seth, mm-hmm. then Noah, right, and the flood. And and so now we're talking about um, Job, right? Uh, so anyway, so he lived during the time of the patriarchs. And some people believe that Moses wrote the book of Job. Okay, not that he was Job, but that he wrote it from the account of Job uh, because it was a part of, if you guys have ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? So they talk about, so the Dead Sea Scrolls is a book of, is scribed content that was written during the Old Testament. And it is thought that the Dead Sea Scrolls is what is used like components of it that has been pulled out, you know, through their tradition, and that's what created the Old Testament. So in the, uh, we learned about the what, the Pentateuch, right? Those first five uh, books of the Bible associated with that was the book of Job. So that's why some people believe um, that, that, that 
Job wrote, I'm sorry, that Moses wrote the book of Job. And then the reason that it is believed that Job was uh, living during the time of the patriarchs is just because of the practices and the traditions that he observed. So he was a God worshiper. So he worshiped in the way in which they did. And also he owned camels. So if you think about it, as we learn more about the Bible, uh, um, I mean, more about the traditions throughout the Bible when we get to Moses and, and all of them, by the time we got there, uh, the Israelites, um, they they actually condemned the ownership of camels, right? So when it got to that point, so so that's what kind of put him outside of, of that, I mean, inside of that era, because once you get outside of that era, they saw the ownership of camels as something that was unclean, okay? So um, again, yeah, like I said, it was a part of the original, the Old Testament, the Old Sea Scrolls, um, and um it was the Torah so it was it was the sixth book along with the Torah right so it was included as a part of that uh let's see what else I want to touch on um so let me let me explain the structure so when we were listening to the the Bible you mentioned something about the drama so to understand, to further understand the context of the, the Bible, you have to understand that many of the, much of the literature was written in the way that they articulated themselves in that time. So if you look at like the, the um, uh, Queen's English, right, and how they talk and how they, you know, it's closer to what we see in the King James Version, right? And, and and the way that they talked, the way that they articulated, it was a certain way that they did things. The same with uh, the English language. And even if you go on the hood, you know, we we talk a certain way. Our dial, dialogue, dialect is, is different. The same with the Bible. So in order to fully grasp or understand the context, you have to understand the style of talking that the author represented so this author if it was Moses or whoever it was decided that they wanted to use more of a poet poet <laughs> poetry uh type type uh you know like a drama right like a drama so that's why we hear it just sounds so poetic it, it just draws you in it's not poetic in a, in a sense that is rhythmic or it has that rhythm to it or, you know, but it's poetic in the sense that it is such a compelling, dramatic story and it's got kind of like a drum beat to it, you know. So that's what he decided to uh, use in his illustration of this story. Okay, so that's important to understand. So as we go through the Bible, the way that it is structured, uh, I mean, as we go through the book of Job, the way that it is structured is that in the beginning, it introduces Job, right? So it tells you all about Job. It starts out by sharing his first test, right? The test that he had to go through, which was uh, his family uh, and, and his wealth being stricken. And then it talks about the second test that he had to go through, which was his body 
being stricken. And then as we were getting excited about, uh, you know, listening to it, it talks about uh, his friends and how uh, uh, his friends joined Job and how they joined him in silence and in mourning for six, I mean, seven days. So they started out joining him in mourning and then it talks about how Job cursed the very day that he was born. And so then we get into the drama part, right? Those those speeches that were given that nobody asked for, ain't nobody asked none of them. And so the first two speeches, the first two rounds of speeches was with uh, Eliphaz, Eliphaz, E-L-I-P-H-A-Z, if I'm saying it right or wrong, and then P- Bildaz, B-I-L-D-A-Z, and then Zophar, uh, Z-O-P-H-A-R. They all did their first round of speeches. They come in and they want to try to set him straight and help him on how to get back on the right path. And then the, the, um, the third round, so that was the first two rounds. The third round was just Mr. Eliphaz uh, and and Bill Daz, and they spoke again, not against, I'm just going to say they spoke their opinion about what Job was going through. And then finally, Job answers each of their spe- speeches directly, uh, and he go um, one before the other. And I'm telling y'all, it's, listen, we got to finish the rest of the chapters because we only got to 18 but it gets even deeper right it gets even deeper when when Job comes back at him and not only do he set them straight he comes back and he like look God bless my friends because these people you know they're a little off but anyway it, it gets real deep alright so then uh, there's, there's a poem that we need I mean uh, concerning wisdom in chapter 28 chapter 28 uh, it, it really just breaks down, um, you know, wisdom and, and how fleeting the life or the existence or the value of humanity is, right? And in, in so many words, all right? And then so Job gives his final speech, uh, challenging God with the declaration of innocence. He's like, oh, I'm innocent. And then here we go with... Uh, Elihu, who he was, he was one of his friends, but he probably, listen, when I think about how guys just be hanging out, you know, how you always got them friends and you always got the ones that got the big mouths, everybody know their name, either, whether they're intelligent, charismatic, smart, or just downright stupid, it's the ones that got the big mouths, everybody know they are part of the, the clique. But then you got that silent one, the one that nobody really pay attention to, don't know nothing about, but he's still there. He's been there all the time. Well, that's uh, Elihu, Elihu, or however you pronounce his name, E-L-I-H-U. Uh, so so he's he's mentioned. And then so uh, God gives a speech to Job, and Job replies uh, his, his final submission of his speech, and then he's vindicated. I think a lot about how when we are accused of things and and we got, you know, law and and courtrooms and stuff like that, and you have to make an argument for yourself. 
Like, this is what I'm thinking about. Like, they're they're making these arguments and they're counter-arguing, which to me, they veered on the wrong path from the beginning because they're trying to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner, which is God's job and not, and not giving uh, Job the benefit of the doubt. All right? So, so that just gives you how the structure of the book of Job is is broken out, and, and like I said, I get excited about it because it's 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 um, it's drama, it's drama. All right, so so Job's friends uh, they argue for a doctrine of distributive justice, right? They were stressing that man's worthlessness before God is is true and is prevalent, and that we have a fleeting. Um, uh, lifespan and that we have ignorance and we have the need to turn to God for um, for our value, for praise and for power and for uh, any misfortune, anything that happens the wisdom of understanding God is knowing that we are completely nothing in his sight and as a result of that nothingness uh, we, whatever happens to us, it happens either because we did something or because God just don't care. And that was, that's what their wisdom boiled down to. So in the first round of the speeches that we talked about before, uh, the friends, they began to increasingly scold Joe. And how many times have we had people in our lives that look at stuff starting to fall apart? Joe had lost everything if you recall when we listened to those scriptures on the same day on the same day i mean moments after first they came and said then they say oh your cattle is gone then they came back and said oh your your uh your uh workers are gone then they came and gave him the blow then his kids gone i mean all in the same day um he, he had lost that and here you got these friends that they don't know what to do. They don't know how to fix it. And you can tell by their personalities, they are fixers. They are people who feel like they have the ability to fix things. So we gonna tell you how to set things straight. And because they are not seeing the uh, output of any type of change, they're saying, oh, it's gotta be you. It's gotta be you, you, you have to have done something. Uh, to deserve this. So in the first round of their speeches, uh, Eliphaz, which I believe he was the youngest one, but I, I could be mistaken, but the youngest one is the one that really get on my nerves. All right, anyway, he only, um, he actually implied that Job is a sinner. So he, he looking at him, he like, uh, huh, you gotta be a sinner. You going through all of this, you gotta be a sinner. That reminds me, uh, one time we were, when I was living in Detroit and we were uh, going to Refreshing Springs and I was really, really close. Uh, Daphne, she was she was my best, best friend and we were really, really close. And I remember one time I got agitated with her because it was somebody, it was one of the bishops in our jurisdiction. His son had actually gotten into um, a, a tragic car accident where he was paralyzed. And the first thing she said was, mm, what was he doing? And I'm sitting up there thinking to myself, we 
me and you both living in Sam. We ain't in no car accident. I mean, like, how you gonna judge him? But anyway, that's how people are. So Elephants, he said, look, you you must be a sinner, but but Bill Daz, with his nosy self, he was like, okay, it, it's gotta be your kids. Now we we heard the story about how they like to have merry times and they was partying at the house and all of that stuff. I'm gonna put it in good terms. They was they was bumping friends. How many of us have them? You know, and all of that. The next thing you know, boom! Here come that wind, that thunder, lightning, whatever tornado, and it destroyed them. And so now he looking at them like, uh, yeah, it must have been your kids. And then Zophar, remember him? He had the audacity to say. Uh, you got less than what you really desire. Oh, now, how you gonna tell me what I desire? Right. You don't, you don't even know what is going on, and I done lost everything. Oh, let me. Oh, let me tell y'all what happened to me today. Oh, so y'all know on this project I'm working on, I was like, <laughs> I tried to get them to do this project planning because. This team is in a perpetual cycle of sabotaging each other, not delivering, no accountability, nothing. Anytime I try to bring order or structure, they ready to fight. I'm telling you, they will all collude, come against me, all of that stuff. It's all good enough. But anyway, we had a sponsor meeting with high-ranking leadership today. And so typically I would have had a presentation available. I would have been ready to speak to, you know, they were like band four, band five, and that means a lot at DNG. So I would have been ready to present, but I'm scrambling because last week I was doing a lot of catch up from the week prior when we had the week long planning and it just stuff just didn't work out. So here I am at the end of the week, I didn't get my presentation together. Then we got the holiday. I'm trying to do other stuff, get stuff together. So anyway, we get to last night. Last night, we all come together to pull together this presentation. We get off the phone about seven, eight o'clock at night, right? But we got the presentation together. But we come together this morning to review it. And one of the people who wasn't on the call last night, he on the call today. So this is the thing that these jokers try to do to me. They try to, oh, Don, we got your back. But when we get in front of other people, throw me under the bus because they really have an agenda. And it's, it's, it has less to do with me and more to do with the battle between the departments. It's like, they look at IT like, y'all y'all never do what we tell y'all to do. And, and IT look at them like, y'all never tell us exactly what you want us to do for us to do it. And they be battling with each other. And I'm telling you, it'd be so serious. I'd be like, all right, we all working for one company. But anyway, so we get in the meeting and this joker say, well, typically, I would like to see the presentation done two weeks prior to, uh, right, the one who wasn't there. I want to see it done two weeks prior to when we have a sponsor review so that we can review it first and, and blah, 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 blah. I said, you know what, Stephen, as I started walking him through why we were where we are. You mean to tell me two weeks ago when we actually were in the planning session, you expected me to produce this presentation? Okay, I admitted that I take full accountability that this was not completed and I didn't want to cancel the meeting. I dropped the ball. Okay, let it go. But you're not about to berate me and keep hitting me over the head with the same thing. So I just had to stop him. So anyway, that just triggered a thought when I was talking about Zophar with his, you ain't, you ain't get all you desire. So, so let me put it on, you know, 
So anyway, so that was the first round of speeches. They they want to tell him, oh, you a sinner. Oh, it must be your kids. Oh, you done got less than what you deserve. And so the second round of speeches, here they go. Uh, uh, because uh, they felt like uh, that Joe that Joe should should they felt like Joe needed to concede is the word that I'm looking for needed to concede to the punishment that he was going through right because you remember he started talking all that stuff you think you better than us you want to listen to us and all of that stuff so he wanted to help them to kind of see where he was coming from uh and 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 how they were detailing or describing what the punishment should be so he hit them with one of those y'all telling me that i'm so wicked I couldn't be, I couldn't be wicked because the wicked ain't suffering like me. Right. They, they living better than I'm living. You see all of this stuff that I'm going through and y'all arguing that I must be wicked. Wicked, the wicked is getting better than me. And so in the third speech, uh, Bill Dad accused Job of oppressing the poor. So not, not the first thing I said. You know how you take spaghetti and when it's done, you throw it up against the wall and see if it stick. If it don't stick, that means it's ready. You know, but these jokers was trying to throw him up against the wall and they like, okay, well, we're going to hit you with you must be sinning or, you know, it must be uh, your kids or you ain't get enough or now, okay, because you ain't receiving our condemnation, you ain't you ain't taking our condemnation seriously, then now we're going to hit you with this. You must be oppressing the poor. Mm. And, they- and then here come... Uh, uh, what's his name? Bill Dad talking about, uh, you know, you you must not be righteous before God because no man can be righteous before God. And so here they are still berating him. And this is the thing I wanted to touch on. This is why my mind, my mind got so many ideals in it. It's going so fast. But you said it ain't stick like the spaghetti noodles, so they had to come back with me. Right, so they had to come back before, but the thing the thing that I was thinking about is when people feel like they know better than you. So now you know what's going on in my life. Now you know why God is coming on me like that. And I'm not receiving your uh rebuke. Now you want to hit below the belt. Don't don't try to come hit me below the belt. And, right. And you and, and first of all, if you know anything about me, and I'm just speaking for Joe, I'm, I'm getting the attitude for Joe. If you know anything about me, no, I'm not stealing from the poor or the oppressed. I take care of the poor and the oppressed. But but anyway, let's just go. Let's just let's just go here. So then now you got the little um <laughs> it reminded me of that uh Looney Tune cartoon where you got that little one that's in the middle, like me. Me, me, just saying something. So El- Elahu, Elihu, Elahu, E-L-I-H-U. Now he speak, right? So uh he repeats uh some of the uh doctrine that his friends were were stating, right? So you you a Millie Mouse little thing and you want to regurgitate and reiterate 
what other people saying about him because you ain't got your own personality, your own ideals, you know. But then he talks about uh, the justice, you know. He 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 wanted to talk about the justice of God and how um, God is a God who does not, um, who's a just God, right? So so in other words, he's 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 punishing you because he is a sovereign God and because he is just, right? And so what he's saying is because you accuse God of, of injustice, that's why God coming after you. And this is the thing that I don't understand. Why can't I have an expectation of having a victorious or triumph experience and when I'm going through tribulation. Like, why is it that I have to just accept that I'm going through this? Why can't I come to God and say, God, why why is this happening to me? It don't mean that I'm accusing God of being unjust, but that's how they perceive uh, Job's actions. I just want to see if I want to say something else about him. <laughs> so, <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because y'all know I share with y'all what C, what C is going through with them coming against her, which is so funny because she needs to be on this prayer line and, and, and get this you know, because I feel like all of us can benefit from this, but it's amazing how what exactly what she's going through. I can see each of the people, the characters that are involved in her situation, they came at her the same way. And she even said, like, I'm I'm tired of this. Like I can't do this. They they just want me to fail. But anyway, I was laughing because I'm thinking about Elihu and how you know, he basically he's trying to convince Job. Well, look, if you just apologize to God for this, it ain't gonna be no no uh, rub on your character. It ain't gonna blacken who you are. It ain't gonna hurt. Just go ahead and apologize. That's all you need to do. You know, because God is a God of justice, and everything that they said about you is true. And so I take the same opinion. And so when God comes. And he begins to speak. When he begins to uh, counter all of these arguments that have come against not just Job, but to him. Because think about it like this. If God was the God who these men represented, what kind of God is he? Because what they did was they formulated this petty God this angry guy who, whose anger was unjust, like all of these things. So while y'all bring the judgment against Job, you're bringing judgment against God. And sometimes... It doesn't reflect his character. And so a lot of times when people start judging God in our lives and judging our relationship with him, you really judging God. You really judging God. But anyway, so when God came out... He basically, what God is is telling him is that, do you really trust me? Do you really trust me? Because if you really trusted me, Job, you wouldn't even be coming up questioning, right? And this this is the other thing that, that I want us to get out of this. 
is that when we're going through, when we're going through trials and tribulations, in the beginning, we could just be with God. And I'm just talking, I'm just gonna say me, because everybody not the same. But we could be in tune with God and be like, Lord, we about to get through this together. Me and you, we about to get through it. But watch the people that you have around you. Because when people start seeing the things that you're going through and they start making erroneous judgments on what you're going through, when you hear it the first time, you're like, ah, they stupid. Get on away from me. But then if you continue to allow that to marinate in your soul, marinate in your mind, and you start contemplating that, now you're starting to question your relationship with God. I've, I've had it so many times, like I could be going through the worst attack of my life and I know for a fact it is the enemy. Like I know because God, God is taking me to another level and whatever he's taking me to and the enemy comes to attack me on every area and I know it's the enemy. Then I pick up the phone and I'll be like, oh God, I'm so sick of this, blah, 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 blah. And then the first one like, well, such and such, what did you do? Blah, 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 when you was blah, 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 and then that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, that has nothing to do with it. But after day, day three or four, I'm still under that heavy attack. Now I'm starting to question, not just myself, but my relationship with God. So we gotta be careful with that. And we gotta be careful with those friends. <laughs> How many of us have the, you know, I had a question, but the point that you made, because I noticed that not one of his friends and not even Joe himself thought that the attack was coming from the enemy. But yeah, that's just what I was thinking, that none of them even mentioned that, oh, this could be coming from the enemy. No, I, I think that's a good point, because I think that in, in there, in that time, I think that they viewed anytime God handed you over to the enemy, mm. then it was, it. ultimately, they felt that everything that occurred was a result of God's judgment. Right. So whether good or bad, whether he used the enemy as an instrument, mm. but just, I don't, I don't think that they had the foreknowledge of that part of God's character to present because you know that that's what happened God presented Job to Satan and said have you considered my friend Job so I don't think that they even understood that part of God's personality while I do think that they had an understanding that the enemy attacked but again I think that they just uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, I don't know they they just contained it all under you know the, the heading of, of, of this is God and so what, what God was trying to help Job understand is that look I'm, I'm, I'm the head I'm the judge I'm the creator so I'm the one who has the ability to pass judgment and not only that, the way that my governance is, I can decide without humanity or society what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And if you trust me, you would know 
uh, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. I've gone through the fire, but I've come out as pure gold. And what Job says in, in one of the scriptures, and this is my favorite scripture, though I cannot trust you, I mean trust you, trace you, yet will I trust you. Because he felt like he couldn't, he couldn't see God. He couldn't hear God. God wasn't around. He said, but I'm still going to trust you. All right. Uh, so, so one of the lessons that, that we learned here, right, is that Job's friends, what they were attempting to do was to teach him traditional wisdom. They were trying to teach him traditional wisdom based on their knowledge of who God was, their traditions. They're saying, okay, this has got to be the reasonable reason why you're enduring this. And what Job was trying to teach them or what he wound up teaching them is the um, mystery of God, the inaccessible wisdom that you don't have unless you have a relationship with him. That was the other thing. That was the reason that um, that, uh, that that they didn't understand because they didn't really have a relationship with God. They didn't have a, a relationship with God. Okay, chapter 28 uh, has already anticipated the conclusion at which Job must arrive in the face of God's wonders for mankind. Wisdom uh, consists in fearing God and shunning evil. So when we get to the chapter 28, you know, it, it, it gives you that depiction of what Job should understand. Uh, and this is for all mankind to take heed of is that wisdom is the, the, the beginning of wisdom and wisdom is the fear of God and shunning evil and shunning evil. All right. So um, his friends, again, they inferred that he was sin, that his suffering came from sin and uh, God, uh, I mean, Job thought that it was because he had enmity or, or God uh, separating himself from him and so that was why he was suffering and they both were in error it was simply because God knew that he could trust Job uh, can you imagine that God said look you, you gonna go through this fire I know I can trust you that's why I'm letting you go uh, through this path. All right, so so this is this is important. So I want to try to get through this as quickly as possible. I'll try to not go uh, too far beyond uh, the next 20 minutes, which actually I got to make sure I don't because the recording is going to cut me off <laughs> as I go too far. So um, so Mary, keep keep an eye. Maybe, maybe cut me off in, in about 15 minutes in case I need to restart the recording. All right, so so Job lives a good life. He lives a wonderful life as a rich man, and he lived in a place called Oz. U-Z, Oz, I, I call it Oz. And he had seven sons and three daughters. So he had 10 children. He has seven sons and three daughters, and he makes an offering uh, I mean, he makes offerings when his sons feast because what? Because he wanted to atone for their sins. Remember how we talked about how those traditions were passed down from generation to generation from 
Adam and Eve on how do you worship God. It touched Job. Oh, ain't this exciting? It touched Job. He knew how he was supposed to uh, uh, make atonement for his children. And it's evident right here. All right. So Satan meets with God and he obtains permission to test Job by making him suffer. By making him suffer. So there was a string of servants to come to Job. Uh, to, to, to let him know that his property has been destroyed by fire, his livestock was taken away, and his children, uh, when in a wind collapsed, collapsed on the house, they died uh, in the home that they were in when they were partying, all right? And then at the end of each servant's news, uh, they were, they stated, that I alone have escaped to tell you. And so Job says that the Lord gives and he taketh away and he wanted to bless the name of the Lord. So at that point, this is the thing that I want to touch on with that. Ain't the devil dirty? You a dirty little demon. Now, you're going to take everything I own and you're going to try to rub it in my face by sending that one, okay, I'm going to let you live, but your whole purpose for living is so you can go tell him that I took everything that he got. What a demon. But anyway, Joe's response to that is where we want to be as Christians. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So he refused to curse God even in the midst of what he was going through. All right, so the second point I want you to get is that Satan and the Lord discuss Job. I always get a little attitude when people be talking about me behind my back. And it's been more frequent than uh, recently that, than in the past. I used to didn't care. And I really don't care for real. But it just annoyed me when you sit up and have a conversation about me. Then you want to come and talk to me like you ain't just had that conversation. I, uh, don't talk to me. But anyway, <laughs> Satan... And, and, and God had a conversation, but in this conversation, it was different than a conversation that people have about me because they be gossiping. But God was gloating about Job. He was gloating about how even in the midst of his trials and tribulations and all of his loss, he did not lose his integrity. He didn't lose his integrity. Now he done been through all of that. I done lost everything that I own but I still bless God. And say, say, yep, he did that. But guess what? I bet you, I bet you would. I bet you would. If you afflict his body, I bet you from, give him some boils from head to toe. And he's going to curse you. He going to curse you. And God was like, I ain't bothered by that. I know he ain't going to curse me, but here comes Joe's wife. And you know what he told him? He, she said, why don't you just curse God and die? I mean, for real. So, so who does she remind? <laughs> who does she remind you of, though? Uh, Eve. Eve, because because that's exactly what Eve did. She ain't saying it, but that's what she did. She said, "Well, why don't you just eat of this fruit? Eating of the fruit, in essence, was cursing God. You're gonna curse what God." has told you, and basically you're going to die because the instruction had already came. So anyway, this girl told him, uh, curse God and uh, Job told her, uh-uh. She said, no. He was like, nah, he, he did better than, than uh, 
Adam. He was like, "No, nah, I'm not. I'm not about to do this, girl. You just gone on over there and sit down and 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 let me handle this. I know the God I serve." And so here we go back to his friends. Oh my goodness, yes. So Eliphaz was a Temanite, Temanite, and and when I think of that, it kind of looked like the word Terminite, Terminite, <laughs> like those little termites. And Bildad was a, a, a Shuite, and Zophar was a uh, Namatite. I, I these names, I'm telling you. So this is the key thing, though, is that when they came to stay with Job, because it was their tradition, when you go through something like this, to to kind of mourn in silence, and that was just their, you know, how how they just got through it how they related to God and whatever their ritual was of doing it so but the key thing that I took away from this because like I said I always learn something different when I get into work but these jokers you don't travel all the way from all these places and your initial response was to come and be in support of me but now you gonna be the one that dragged me down listen make it work the thing I cannot stand about being in the battle is when you fighting with something or someone, the people around you that you expect to be your biggest support, they the ones that's making it worse. It's like, just shut up. Y'all came here in silence, leave here in silence. But anyway, they had to do their little speeches. All right, so Job, the, 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 the third point, Job cursed the day of his birth he was wishing it to be consumed in darkness and that's something you know a lot of times people go through depression and they go through those dark periods and they like god i don't even want to be here i suffered from depression early in my 20s and and i i don't know how, how much in my 30s but for sure all throughout my 20s but it is it is a stronghold of the enemy to try to steal kill rob and destroy you in your youth because he know what God has for us. He know how God is going to use us. Nobody could have told me back in my 20s that I was going to be 32 years deep, 20 years married, seven kids later, four grandbabies, two son-in-loves. You know, it. nobody could have prepared me for where I am today back then because I felt like it was it was nothing and Job's gonna learn the same thing it's like he's in that place God God allowed everything to be taken from him but he gonna get double for his trouble but anyway we ain't get there yet alright so he wished that he died on the day that he uh, was born right so that he would have been uh, laid to rest with kings and, and, and counselors of the earth. And let me let me restate that. He cursed the day that he was born, but the day that he was petitioning God and, and having that moment, he wanted to die then because he wanted to be counted amongst the number of the greats, right? He like, look, you don't took everything that I own on this earth, just at least let me die, you know, with honor, okay? Uh, and so, the fourth point, going back to his buddy, Elphaz, uh, he says that Job may be guilty of some sort of sin because the upright 
do not suffer. So that was his case. That was his argument. He said, look, the upright don't even suffer. Now you going through all of this mess, you, you must have sinned. And so he talks of an angel who visited him in a vision and talked about how man's uh, uh, frailty and unholiness and morality uh, can uh, influence God as a righteous God. So, so he's he's telling him, he's saying, can a mortal be more righteous than God? Just based on that experience that he had with that angel. Now, two things. Now, listen, it's in the Bible. So I believe that the person that took the account probably articulated it right. But let me just LFS. Did you really see an angel? Get on out of here with that. <laughs> but basically, you know, he he's questioning him. He's like, look, you ain't you ain't all that righteous. You you couldn't possibly be uh more righteous than God because this angel told me that you know we are frail, we are unholy, we are immortal, uh, you know, all of these things. So yeah, you can miss me with that, Joe. You done did something. All right, so the fifth fact. Uh, because and and I hope that you find this helpful that you and Derek, you know, because as as we share these uh, stories, you know, we want to know what we're talking about. All right, so Elfin, and that's why I think going into this level of detail, even as we do the supplements and we had gone through a level of detail, you know, in Genesis, and we still in there, you know. But I think it's important. All right, Elfin uh, speaks to Joe. Uh, and and he wants to know. Look, people bring trouble on themselves, and he encourages him to turn to God, listing uh, examples of His goodness and willingness to help people. Uh, you know, so that he can persuade God to lift all of this stuff off of him. And so basically, he tell him. He said, "Look, happy is the man who God corrects, for he bruises." but he binds up or he builds them up. And so what he's telling him is, look, if God is correcting you and you need some correction, you are in a good place with him. But Elphaz, go sit down somewhere. All right, so Job then, he speaks to his friends and he says his grief uh, can't be weighed. Oh, you know what that just reminded me of? Did you go with us for um, Amari's... uh, yeah, his candlelight visual. And remember when we were standing there and we were trying to console the mom and the one lady, I guess, from their church, she was basically like trying to tell her, you know, you don't want to you don't want to display your grief that way. You don't want to do this. And they just went up on her, you know, because it's like, who are you to tell a mother who just lost her son that she don't need to be grieving you know that way and that's basically the same way that um you know Joel friends approached him and basically he told them look my suffering is immeasurable like you have no idea how much I'm going through right now I am lamenting I am weak I am vulnerable and I don't even have time to argue back with y'all but look I'm telling you this y'all not helping me Y'all, y'all not being friends. And then he challenged them. He said, look, 
show me since this is what y'all argument is y'all said i'm i'm unright show me where show me how you know how many times i get before people that's living the lie and life that they say i'm living and then they try to accuse me of doing what they doing and then say that's why god is or why stuff is they ain't gonna blame it on god but why stuff is happening in my life and i'm like but you doing that you are actually living that life. You are walking in that life and God ain't doing it to you. So why would he do it to me? And basically what Job is telling them, he like, show me where I am unrighteous. You want to drag my name through the mud? You want to say all of these things about me based on your assumptions? You don't have any tangible evidence. Show me, show me. Y'all close enough to me, y'all. And, and, and this is what the revelation behind that is. They knew the answer. They knew the answer. They were close enough to him to know the life that he led. So you can tell me that I'm an unrighteous man and you already know that I'm not. All right. Uh, so where was I? Uh... <laughs> right. So so when he come back to them and says that. Uh All right, so this thing not stop, so we gotta we gotta get back. But I, I think what I was trying to to say was that uh, you know he he's responding back right to to his friends. He's telling them, look, y'all y'all don't know what I go through, right? And so he speaks to his friends, um, letting them know that the suffering that he has gone through is is beyond what they can even comprehend because they haven't gone through that same uh level of suffering and 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 his present suffering is is fruit out right is is not even measurable right what he's facing today right just based on everything that he went through um you know, it, it ain't got nothing. It ain't as bad as what he's going through today. And he he made the mention. He said, "My days are swifter than a weaver's uh, shuttle," and that he wishes God would leave him alone because he continued to go through attack after attack after attack. Even remember um, how he was saying, even his own servants, they don't even they don't even acknowledge him. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even acknowledge him. He like, dang, I done went through all this. I don't. I probably have been good to all of you all the time, and now that I am at my weakest, most vulnerable, lowest point, then here you go, and you, everybody, want to turn on me. Have you ever been there? I mean, I hate that. I hate that people act that way. That's why I try to be. Um, I try to be there for people unconditionally, right? Because it's like at the end of the day, everybody needs somebody, you know, to be there. But then here we go. Uh, are we still counting points? <laughs> but Bill Dad, I think that was point number eight. Here he come rebuking Job and Job, you know, saying him and his children must have sinned to cause Job's trouble. Uh, and basically, he even had the nerve, the audacity to try to confront him like, oh, we weren't born yesterday. 
So we know. We know what you we know what you did last summer. We know what y'all was doing. And we weren't born yesterday. You know, and God will will not um curse the blameless. You know, he 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 not gonna he's not gonna take you through all of this. And this is the thing too. It used used to bother me. But I say I've been delivered from folk. I've been delivered uh, from folk. And they make assumptions of who you are. You know, even on the job that I'm on now, it's like people assume every time I talk to my manager, she'll look at me and, you know, when I, and I try not to turn that, uh, that, uh, camera on because she get on my nerves always asking me, well, Don, I'm trying to read your body language. Is everything okay? No, girl, everything is okay. You just have an implicit bias to think that because I assert myself, I got an attitude. I don't have an attitude. I'm just talking to you like you talking to me. All right. So anyway, <laughs> uh, but, but here, Bill Dad, you know, he doing the same thing. He talking about, he's judging in the sense that he like, look, I wasn't born yesterday. I know y'all did something. God will, he will always bless the blameless. If you ain't did nothing, he going to bless you. All right. So we know he was wrong. And so Job, he expresses uh, frustration with the mystery of God. And the power and the majesty of who God is. He he even, and, and this is just in my own assessment, right? It's just the way that I be thinking about God. And this is, I don't even want to get, whew, I don't even want to get emer- uh, emotional about it. But when I think about just the majesty of God, it don't even matter what I'm going through. But I can imagine even the love that Job had for God, the honor that he had for God, it was like, you still a great God. But I'm so frustrated in the awe of who you are. And, and uh, throughout the Bible, it talks about how God is terrible. But terrible is not used in a, in a negative way. It's used in a way to, to be demonstrative, to say God is, is you know, just the... Just, uh, powerful, powerful God. But anyway, I got emotional there because I was just thinking about how Job, he was frustrated because of the mystery of God's power and his majesty. And I get, I've suffered that same frustration a lot of times because I'm just like, God, you are such a powerful God. You are such a, a, a majestic God and it's hard for me to comprehend some of the worst challenges that I go through outside of having faith and, or let me point this out too because remember how we talked about and if if you guys didn't get it listen to that supplement but we talked about man being three-part being and how eventually we had the Holy Spirit and dwelling on the inside of us. And so what I when I look back at the characters from the Old Testament, they didn't have that. They didn't have that internal co- uh, comforter that we have. So I can just imagine uh, what, what Job was going through because in his mind, he was thinking that God was a mighty God who could crush him, you know, at, 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 at any time. And 
he wanted God to answer him. He wanted he he wanted God to answer him and to argue with him. Let me let me come before you. Sorry, my eyes. When I started tearing up, all this glue from this um, this these lashes <laughs> got in my eyes and started burning them. But anyway, he he wanted an answer from God. And so that frustration of not hearing from God drove him to wanting to end his own life. And sometimes it's so hard when we feel like God is is shut up to us and God is not speaking and he's not talking. It's not that he is not hearing us. It's that God wants us to have faith. He's growing our faith. He's developing our faith. He's showing us, I'm still there. Yet, uh, even though you can't trace me, you can absolutely trust me. And so uh, he despises his life and he feels like there's nothing to fear in him actually reaching out and accusing God. And so he said, look, he... Are, are you a are you a guy who who destroys the innocent? I I just want to know. I just want to know. I want to know. And and really, I think it was twofold. I think he was like questioning God in the sense that he's like, are you the type of God to destroy the innocent? Like you know, I ain't did nothing. So why am I going through this? But also on the flip side, if you are that kind of guy, can you take me out? Because I'm about ready to leave this. Earth. Right. So that. So I feel like that's what he was, you know, trying to say. But he felt he felt the worst level of despair because he felt like it was no point in him um, defending himself to God. Remember in the scripture where he said, is, is there a mediator? Is there somebody in heaven? You know, is it somebody that can, can uh, plead my case? But he felt like there was nothing, you know, that he could do. And that level of despair, I'm telling you, sometimes in my life, and, and I know we've all been here, but there have been times where you just feel like, man, all of this stuff is piling up and I can't do nothing about it. I can't do nothing about it. And I trust God, but I've been in situations where I felt like I trust God and I still (laughs) fell flat on my face. So God, what is going on here? What are you going to do? You know, so I can, I can definitely relate to what, uh, Job was going through and, uh, not his lashes really messing with me. Remember I told you how I told that girl to do them? So they wouldn't do this, and now they're doing it. <laughs> so, all right. So, so what Job would say, uh, if he could, is show me why you contend with me. So that this is if if he could get to God and and sit on his side and say, you know, show. I mean, why why are you contending with me? And that was good that you asked the question. You know, why are they looking to God and not really the source of, of where this is coming from, which is the enemy, the actual accuser, you know, of the brother? Why why are you looking to God and, and not really um, asking those other questions? But if he could, you know, that's that's what he would say. But he felt like God was ignoring him and not listening to him. That's that's my pet peeve, too. Don't don't ignore me because that bothers me. <laughs> He, he he would ask them, is it good that you should oppress me this way? Why are you afflicting me if I am your creation? 
right? So he actually, he said that sort of kind of when we get, when we listen to him in, in chapter eight, right? He was like, listen, why is all of this happening to me, God? Why are you letting this happen to me? And the funny thing is, Job, if you think about what he said, he wasn't wrong. He was not wrong. Nothing he said was wrong. This man knew he was righteous. And and so the reason that I bring that up is because sometimes when we get in the midst of questioning ourselves, now we, we going through all this stuff on earth. We done lost all of our possessions. Our friends are berating us. And then your partner, your ace, your woman, the one that's supposed to be there for you, she... She, you know, telling you, go on and just curse God. <laughs> Get it over with. I, I, listen, I done suffer too. Look, bye. I'm sick of you. <laughs> you know, and all this stuff that's, that's going on around him, you know, and all he's wanting is to know why. All I want to know is Why? Why, God, why is this happening to me? I'm, do you hear me? That is me all the time. I'm like, God, why? If I could just understand the why behind what's happening to me, I'll be good. Because if you say, Don, this is why this is happening, I'll be like, okay, well, you know, you're right. But then on the other side of that, when people, you got all these people outside of you, the circumstances, all of these external factors that's causing you to question who you are. I know I'm living righteous. I know I'm living upright. I know I ain't walking in sin. But people on the outside looking in, you want to say what I'm doing. And I'm and, and listen, I'm not making an excuse for people who are living in sin. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Job was a man who lived upright and he knew what he knew. So back to his buddy, Zophar. Um, uh the, the one, remember the one that was like talking about some God gave you less than they, what you deserve, you know, and he wanted to search out the dark things of, 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 uh, of Joe, you know, he, he wanted to search those things out and then he gonna tell him, repent and stretch out your hands to God. It, it ain't gonna be too bad, you know, just go ahead and repent, you know. He knows, and sometimes people, like I said, I don't want to say that they were good intention. I I really don't want to say that because, and this goes back to a conversation that Derek and I had about the intellect, the superior level intellect that these people had to have when they lived in that era. And the reason why I I agree with that theory is because they had less technology. Mm -hmm. They had less certain things with us and they had to figure out how to live. So that in in and of itself tells me that they were intelligent people. The second part is they, they had a closer knowledge of who God was when he walked the face of the earth. When he came, you know, at least they were in the generation that they heard the story from somebody that they lived around or knew was alive. You understand what I'm saying? So, so these were intelligent people. And I really want to know, which I, I don't know if this, uh, these scriptures tell us, but I want to know what was their, uh, discipline, you know, what was their 
area of, you know, how in, in the New Testament it tells us what they did for a living. I want to know what these jokers did for a living because they sound like a bunch of lawyers making all these cases. So, so Job, he, who was a wise man, Job was actually wise. He dismissed the wisdom of his friends. And so he knew and understood that God, who was the creator of all things, that he was mighty and that he was in his judgment, that it there was a mystery in God that was inexplainable, right? And so where their tradition told them, you can pinpoint the reason why. You listen, you <laughs> if you just trace back. And, and, and go through the breadcrumbs, you're going to figure out why. But he, but Job knew something that they didn't know. And it was key because he had a relationship with God. There was a mystery of who God was. That's why, um, you know, I and I hate to say he accused God because I don't, I don't see it that way. Accusing is more like, oh, you did this to me because. And, and I think that there was an air thing of that but I think he was seeking to understand versus trying to point his wag his finger like you know why is this happening and so that was the difference what he was trying to help them understand is that there is a mystery to God you can't figure all of these things out all right um wait a minute why did I just say that they were physicians really they were physicians they were physicians because if you remember, and we got to get, get that scripture. He said, he he basically said they were worthless physicians. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, yeah, because their arguments, they act like they were um, uh, lawyers. But basically what he's telling them, so Proverbs was the, it is the book of wisdom that we know today. But Proverbs, in a sense of what a proverb is, it, it is a, it is a, uh, um, you know, like a philosophical statement or something that is is rooted in wisdom. And basically, he's telling them, look, y'all proverbs, uh, uh, they're, they're nothing. They're nothing. Because God will hide himself from who he wants to. He'll reveal himself to who he reveals himself to. And y'all could keep thinking y'all know God if you want to, you know. But you don't. And I got a lot more to go through. But I'm going to take, we're going to take the next 15, 20 minutes to open it up for discussion. And then this is a two-week journey. Yeah, we got to come back. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. But I'm going to use the next, like I said, 15, 20 minutes. And we can just talk through what we learned. What what are some of the takeaways for you guys? And, and I won't even ask these questions until we come back on Saturday. Derek, you want to go first? Oh, what would you say? Okay, so some of my takeaways was, okay, just looking at the story from the outside looking in, I feel like it's definitely the enemy coming against Job and um Job was a strong man but he did crack and he started getting mad at God and if only he knew that God was really speaking highly of him 
and it was the enemy trying to tear him down. I feel like his friends were not good friends. Like, how can you know somebody for who they are? And then just because this is happening, they went with the majority and how the majority felt about him and claimed to be his friends. So I feel like I'm excited to um, listen to the next half too to see how everything ends out. But I feel like this is very interesting. I feel like I I feel bad for Joe because it's like he did everything right and he had all of these attacks and he did not know why. But it's not always for us to know the why is for us to more so have faith. So that's one of my biggest takeaways, too, is um, having a lot more faith because I don't need to know the why behind what's happening to me. I just need to know that God is the one who has the all the power. So through whatever I'm going through, he's going to protect me. that's right I mean it's 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 funny how life happens and because life happens like come on now you gonna you gonna just automatically think that that storm that came through and swiped his kids away was because the kids were sending I mean what what your kids doing you know and so you know when people have those types of dispositions and they're not there to support and help I agree you know that's that's this story is here to teach us how to be quick to cut folk off. <laughs> Bye. You ain't no friend. You ain't helping me. You know, how are you helping me by trying to condemn me? And the thing about it is that that we have to understand is that God is not a God of condemnation. That is the enemy. Satan, which is the, um, he is the accuser of the brethren. The devil is the accuser of God. Lucifer is the, he's the angel of light that God uh, kicked out of heaven through lightning. That's why he got his, his name, Lucifer. Uh, you know, but, but it's his job to accuse. And so 
you know, oftentimes people people will take that that position and they don't even know what they're talking about. And God is like, you know what? This is my guy. This is my guy right here. And when we talk about sin and iniquity and righteousness and how they measured righteousness in that day, is righteousness is the same, but the we have the ability to repent. We can repent. We can repent and turn from our ways and be forgiven. And all of that is stricken from our record because he's going to put it in a sea of forgiveness. And it's not the same, you know, as, as what they had to go through, where they had to go and, you know, shed the blood and all of that. The blood was shed on, on Calvary, right? We have the victory. And God has given us, you know, the ability to repent, turn from our ways and keep it moving. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm excited to get into that next half because uh, we we kind of know how the story ends, right? We know that he's going to be successful in the end, and we want to hear the intricate details because that this is the best drama. This stuff be cracking me up. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's good. That's good. So we're going to come back. Hopefully we come back on Saturday so we can get kind of caught up. So next week we can get started with the um, the uh, Patriarchs. But if not, hey, we're going to go at the right pace because we got to get this stuff. Who 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 going to be preaching and then come out friends. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's going to be me and Derek together. They're going to be our singer. We're going to be the background dancers. Oh, that, that's going to be the day I'm going to feel like, Lord, I thank you. <laughs> but all right, I love you all, and we're going to end this recording now. I hope it love was a blessing. Bye-bye.